a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, let me speak to the governor. Governor Gary Herbert spends one hour answering your questions. Call 801-575-8255. Live from the studios of KSL News Radio in Salt Lake City, it's Let Me Speak to the Governor. And good afternoon. I'm Maria Shalaios, along with Governor Gary Herbert. And, Governor, we are getting a, a number of text questions at this point. Let's go through a couple of those first. Uh, one of our texters saying, uh, small motor tools are contributing greatly to our air pollution. Is there anything being done to get people or businesses to use electronic instead of gas tools? Well, thank you. Uh, certainly there's uh, how we regulate uh the marketplace right now, we've passed a number of laws that particularly pertain to large business and and big business, about 22 different laws. And and really the corporate businesses here in Utah are spending hundreds of millions of dollars to implement those, which has done a lot to reduce the pollution. But here at, at a local level, at our individual families, you know, our tailpipes are still the biggest problem. Uh, nearly 50% of all of our pollution comes out of automobile tailpipes. So that's where we're trying to concentrate. That's why we're working with our refiners to bring in Tier 3 fuels. And if we can do that in combination with uh, new automobiles that are called classified Tier 3, it will be like taking four out of every five cars off the road. So it's a significant reduction of, on the tailpipe side. We also have suggestions and recommendations, you know, that are coming out to the people of Utah to, in fact, go from a, a two-stroke to a four-stroke engine, for example, to be careful with you when you barbecue. When We put out, um, you know, designations of air quality days. So it's a red day, it's a yellow day, it's a green day. If it's a red day, we ought to, in fact, not barbecue. We ought not to be having wood-burning fire uh, out there in our fireplace or in our barbecue pits or wherever. And some of this is we're hoping for self-regulation, just the common sense of being part of society to do the right thing for the right reasons. We'll give you the information. It's a little hard to pass laws and ordinances on every little jot and tittle, identify every appliance. That being said, we do recommend people take a hard look at putting in electrical lawnmowers, for example, rather than gasoline-powered lawnmowers. So there's ways we can, in fact, address that. We have set up, in fact, an organization which we call the Utah Clean Air Partnership, and it's called UCARE. Our executive director used to be Ted Wilson. It's now mm-hmm. a guy named Tom Carter. And you can call our office at 538-1000, area code 801, and ask to be connected with UCARE. And uh, if you've got some ideas, they will entertain ideas. If you've got suggestions, they'll look at the suggestion. They'll try to determine whether it's practical or not, what's the good news, and what's maybe the difficult challenge on the cost to the benefit but they are looking for suggestions and opportunities to interface with the public so uh, our clean air partnership which is called you care uh, give them a call if you've got some great ideas uh, maybe it'll show up in the form of a rule and regulation later on we have a call coming in from roosevelt from dewey dewey hi what is your question for the governor today hi uh thanks for your time governor uh how are you sir very fine dewey how are you doing i'm well thanks for asking um 
one of my grandmothers passed away last year from uh, lung cancer, and uh, recently my other grandma was uh, diagnosed with um, uh, pancreatic cancer. And my question is, does Utah use state money for uh, cancer research? And if not, uh, would you be willing to do that? We have created what's called USTAR, Utah Science and Research, uh, which has to do with research of many different topics. Medicine is one of them. It has to do with energy, finding uh, different sources and cleaner sources of energy. Uh, we've put, uh, I don't know what the total is now. It's uh, We were at $50 million, uh, maybe up. Uh, we work with the University of Utah. We work with Utah State University. Our number one effort for cancer really comes out of the Huntsman Cancer Institute. That's been infused with about $2 billion uh, plus dollars on, on research and study the cancer. Um, some of that has been tax dollars. A lot of it's been private donations. The husband family itself has donated a lot of money, and they've got other people to donate to. Um, we're going actually on a trade mission, uh, leaving this weekend to Israel. And we're taking with one of the researchers at the Huntsman Cancer Institute to dis- to work with the Israelis and their technology over there on isolating a gene that's found in elephants. Interestingly enough, elephants never get cancer. They have an immune system that avoids that problem. And we're looking to see if there's some potential to isolate their DNA and that their see if there's something we can come up with an ability to inoculate humans so that you could actually avoid having cancer also. It's exciting new developments come out of the Huntsman Cancer Institute and uh, funded mostly by private money, but there are some tax dollars involved there. And we're doing some good things here in the state of Utah. We are a leader right now as a state because of the Huntsman Cancer Institute in the nation when it comes to cancer research. All right, sir. Well, um, I appreciate you taking the time to answer my question. Thank you. Good luck to your family. Thank you, sir. All right, Dewey, thanks for your call today. Uh, Governor, our next texter asking uh, a question about snow and companies putting snow in handicap stalls and wondering why there's not a law that prevents them from doing that because it makes it very difficult for people who need to, to use those stalls. Well, I don't know the exact specifics to say, but it sounds to me like it's a local government issue. Uh, if you put in your streets, your curbs and gutters, and the city creates ordinances that says, here's where we're going to have no parking, here's where we're going to allow street parking, here's parking lots, etc. I cannot imagine any city that says it's okay to pile your snow in a handicapped parking area. Uh, there's so few of them anyway. It's uh, People get ticketed if you park your car. In a, in a handicap zone, and I expect the same kind of concern would be if we dump snow there by some whoever's been contracted to, to deal with the snow removal. So I expect that's a city or county issue that you need to talk about. Uh, we try to make accommodations. We are under the law, have to make some accommodations under the ADA Act. So we have to have elevators and lifts, uh, not just stairways. We have to put ramps in, even our sidewalks. If you walk around Salt Lake City and other cities, you'll find we have ramps on the curb gutter intersection so people in wheelchairs can get up and down off the road on the sidewalk without having to pop up over a curb and gutter. So there's efforts out there. And, um, again, look to your local government if that's a problem. All right. Our next caller is calling from Leighton and Troy. What is your question for the governor? Hi, Governor. My question is about um, private business competing against the government. For example, um, 
I have, I pay taxes for the schools to teach kids how to drive, and yet in a private business, um, I compete against them with, um, you know, my own tax money competing against me. I hope that makes sense. It, yeah, it does. It does a lot. In fact, what I would say it would be this way is that government competing against the private sector, not the reverse. Uh, you'll hear the phrase, you probably have heard the phrase, that what is government's role? And uh, the answer sometimes is if you cannot find it in the yellow pages, then maybe government has a role to play. If you can find the service, the goods and service in the yellow pages, then the private sector should take that on. Under our Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, there's the enumerated powers of what the federal government should be involved with. It, it is pretty clear. Now, they've expanded that, I think, too much in Washington, but uh, that's maybe a discussion for another day. I used to own a daycare center, and um, my wife ran it uh, for about 23, 24 years, and it was always a little bit of a frustration to us. We'd spent uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars onto our business and our facility, and we housed about 85 children per day in our daycare center. And then down the street, some of our schools, supported by taxpayers' dollars, at a lower cost or no cost, would do the same thing. And so we felt like, gee, government was competing against our private investment, making it more difficult for us to be profitable. So I understand the issue very well because I've had to compete. And um, I think we need to be very careful about what government gets involved with in the areas. Uh, and some of that's kind of localized and regionalized. So what happens in the basin, for example, might be different than what happens here on the Wasatch Front. We actually do have committees involved in reviewing this situation with the legislatures formed, our private sector, private enterprise committee to review and see if government is, in fact, getting their nose in the areas it ought not to be and competing with the private sector. Uh, we do as a kind of as a, as a policy of a, here in the state of Utah, I believe that the private sector actually does a better job of providing goods and services than does government. And I think generally in the main it does. And if you look at the history of our country, the private sector capitalism, uh, private market competition, has provided the greatest and best goods and services for the most people at the lowest prices of any system in the history of the world. And so that's kind of where our biases are in the state of Utah, and that's where we think we should be. Because I, I, I know that it happens all across multiple industries where private businesses competing against them. So in reality, we're being double-taxed because um, I have to pay for the government to do their work, and then I can pay the government again because of the money that I make. That's that's correct. Again, you pay taxes. They use your tax money to compete against you to provide goods and services to the marketplace. And uh, so, again, I, I know that we have a conscious effort to try to, to see that that does not happen. It doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. It does happen. I, in my own life, I've had to compete with government-run daycare preschool that I, I did in my own private life. And so I understand the issue, and, and I, I just am here to tell you that we are cognizant of that issue to see if we can minimize it. We think the private sector generally is the best place, but it's not the same. You, you might want to have a municipal golf course as opposed to a private golf course mainly because you might want to have open space and green space, and, and golf courses kind of pay their maintenance way. And so others would say, no, the, the government should never be into the golf business. That should be done by the private sector. 
So there's different points of view on some of these things. It's not as black and white as we'd like it to be. We tend to err on the side of the private sector here in the state of Utah. All right, Troy. Thank you. Thank you so much for your call. The number to call with your question, 575-1160, or you can text us at 57500. We'll be back with more.